Hi, we're Ellen Taylor, and we're here to join you on your journey from pregnancy to birth, postpartum, and beyond. Here on the podcast, you'll get interviews with birth and parenting professionals, birth stories, and educational episodes to get you feeling confident, supported, and empowered on your journey to and through parenting. Welcome to Birth Reimagined. Hi, I'm Elle Kennedy, a birth photographer and doula based in Orange County, California, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Dr. Taylor Garcia, a doctor of chiropractic, also here in Orange County, and I also use she, her pronouns. Today, we're going to be talking to some of the midwives from the Tourmaline Collective. Tourmaline is operated by three licensed midwives, Allison, Moral, and Josie, and offers prenatal, postpartum, and birth services alongside a wellness team of holistic practitioners. The team is made up of a naturopath, a nutritionist, acupuncturist, herbalist, a cranial sacral therapist, and a pelvic floor therapist. Today, we have Allison Tatari and Moral Shabak, two of the midwives from Tourmaline Collective, here with us. Hi, ladies. Hi, how are you? Hello. So we'd like to start by asking our guests if there is something specific about birth that has always lit their fire. What are you guys most passionate about? I think the thing that we're really focused on at our collective is providing options and choices. I think that's the most vital thing about birth. Um, being able to go to the place that makes you safe, regardless of, you know, if that's a hospital, home, or birth center, that's the thing that really motivates us is making sure that all of the options are accessible to families. So I actually saw you guys give a talk on the Noble Carriage Instagram account. I think you guys are doing a takeover. And in it, you guys mentioned a postpartum plan. I know you guys were diving really deep into postpartum. But the idea of a postpartum plan actually really fascinated me. So I was hoping y'all would dive deep into a postpartum plan with us today. We would love to talk about that with you. It's one of our main passions is um, postpartum health, health and support. Awesome. So can we start with what is a postpartum plan and who needs one? Every single pregnant person on the planet needs a postpartum plan because you're going to get there no matter what. It's the one guarantee with pregnancy and birth is at some point, baby is going to be outside of your body and you're going to be in the recovery phase. Um, and our postpartum plan is really focused on Assembling your crew, who are going to be the people that you depend on? Um, what kind of support do you think you're going to need? Because it really has to be very individualized. And we're so focused on getting, you know, through the natal period and birth, we kind of leave off the postpartum period, but that's such a vital time of recovery. And you're taking care of a brand new baby and, you know, for the first time for some people. So, it's such a vital thing to have all aspects figured out before you get there because um, you're depleted, you're tired, you just did the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. And to build a plan at that time is so challenging. So to have it done beforehand is so important. So what would you guys say? A, so I know we always hear about like a birth plan. So what exactly is a postpartum plan? It's a little different for everyone, obviously, in our um, environment, it's going to be an out-of-hospital birth. We encourage, in our childbirth education classes, we have people that attend, they're going to birth in, in hospital and out-of-hospital. So it's something that we try to address with everyone, no matter where they plan on giving birth. And what it is, is planning your support, so your, your support system, building your tribe, and 
ultimate goal is how can we avoid um, and support, so first of all, avoiding things like postpartum depression if possible. We can do that through health and support, so nutritional support, um, but also having someone there to help you because one of the biggest reasons that women suffer from postpartum depression is a lack of sleep and a lack of well-balanced nutrition. Um, so it's kind of being a team and a tribe together to delegate all the things that are required of a, a mom, of a new parent. Um, and that, I mean, we can go over all those. We, if you'd like, we can name all those, but it's a huge list, as you know, you're a mother. Um, in other countries, we see that this kind of comes natural, where mom, auntie, grandma, cousins, everyone in that tribe comes together and everyone takes a job, whether it's laundry, cooking, caring for the other children, um, caring for mom, making sure she's eating and taking care of. Yeah, so we have been using um, Kimberly Ann Johnson's guide to kind of fine tune and find solutions to these big concerns about the postpartum period. Um, so let me kind of read a couple of the questions that we have families ask themselves um, in the prenatal period to set themselves up. We have a section called companionship. And one of the questions on there is, who can you call to tell how you are really feeling about mothering and who will listen without judgment or advice? So these are the very fine-tuned questions that are important to have answered before we move into that vulnerable time. Um, and this guide has um, several categories that guide families through figuring out those answers. Um, to carry us to another part that Allison touched on, the nutrition component. Um, in the nutrition food section, there's list three of your favorite and most nourishing meals. Because again, meal planning in the postpartum is so difficult. And so having things that are your go-to, you know, before we're reaching that point is super, super vital. Yeah, I really like that. I like how fine-tuned some of those questions are, how, how focused they are. It gets you really thinking about the specifics of, you know, who can I call on who's not going to judge and who's going to be there to listen is something really specific. And a lot of times we don't think about that ahead of time, but in the postpartum period, we're we're having a hard day. The baby's not sleeping. We haven't been taking care of ourselves well. Maybe we haven't showered in a couple of days, things like that. And you're on the verge of breakdown. And, and those are the thoughts that are going through your head are like, who can I call right now? And like, if you already have a plan written up and you have that name already on your list, or you've already thought about it ahead of time, you can just make that phone call and not even have to, to second guess it or to try and, you know, get up the courage to, to call because you already know here's my person. So I, I really love the idea of this postpartum plan. Just going off what you just said, one of the most important um, parts of that is that you've already had the conversation with your support group. You've kind of set a plan of who is available for what um, job or task that you may need so that you feel completely comfortable calling them and they're going to understand why you're calling them. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I wonder if they have like Hallmark cards. Are they like, they, like will you be my bridesmaid? Will you be my birth, my postpartum support? <laughs> so everyone is so focused on having a birth plan, but how can the postpartum plan support the birth plan? Is there like ways that they intersect? 
Yeah, there are so many ways, actually, because as we were talking about, the people that you get involved in your postpartum plan, they kind of have to be in the know about your birth plan as well, because that does make a difference in how they support you. Um, for example, if you know someone is opting for a natural out-of-hospital birth versus a plan C-section, the type of support they're going to need is going to be really different. Um, you know, that person that's choosing uh, choosing a C-section or, you know, theoretically ends up in an um, unexpected C-section, they're going to need so much support in that first two-week period um, beyond uh, someone that's planning uh, a, a natural birth. And of course, we never really know where we're going to end up, but um, having people ready to support you beforehand, knowing your plan is really vital. And then another component of that kind of crossover is our plans are really dear to our hearts. They're what we've imagined for ourselves and our family. So if we're planning a um, of hospital birth or a vaginal birth, and maybe we end up at a place of a C-section, it's really important for your support people to know what your original plan was because so often we're mourning the loss of that image. So if people are going to be supporting you emotionally, they need to know what your goals and desires were going into your prenatal and birth period. Because um, the type of support you're going to need may shift based on where, you know, you actually end up. Yeah, having being able to have them have that empathy for you and that sensitivity of, you know, not only are you in the postpartum period, but you're also grieving or you're also, you know, dealing with this extra thing that wasn't planned for. So... Another thing we wanted to ask is, should the postpartum plan include support for our partner as well? Like, is there a way to make a postpartum plan that also includes not just support for the birthing person, but also for the partner and the baby? Because, yes, we physically have just gone through this journey, but our partner is likely not getting a whole lot of sleep either. They're also adjusting to, you know, new hours and new schedules and a new human living in their house. Yeah, that's a really good point. And we start talking about that early on in pregnancy is what the postpartum period is going to look like for both of them. Um, where we live, most people who have two working people in the house. So once mom gives birth, obviously she's going to be on leave and that may change their income. So sometimes the partner has to return to work sooner. Also is up at night with the baby that is, you know, they're, they're getting up trying to support mom in any way possible. So you're, you're exactly right. They're going to be exhausted. So what we try to do again is reach out to the community, their community and find support there is someone that could stay with them. A lot of the time we ask if they have relatives that live close that could stay in the house with them at that time, um, to help prepare meals, maybe to help with the baby in the middle of the night or the toddlers if they do have those. Um, also, emotional support is really important for partners. So giving them or setting up um, a plan of who they could talk to and reach out to, we have postpartum support groups where we invite the partners to come so that they can go off separate and talk about what they're going through as well. So hearing that they're not alone and that they might have frustrations or fears or feel inadequate in some way, they're able to voice that to someone. 
someone that has experienced the same thing. Um, it can just be really reassuring. So those are a few things that we try to talk about and that we offer here at the center is that support group bringing community together for them. And having prepared meals, we're gonna bring this up again, nutrition is so important, not just for mom, but for the whole family. So we really encourage a meal train, people dropping off meals, ordering meals, having them delivered so that everyone is taken care of in that way in the household. I really like that idea of of the postpartum support group, not just for the birthing person, but also for the partner as well. I know at least here in the United States, I've seen across the board, especially in um, male identifying persons, that they don't talk about emotional stuff with very many people. And in a lot of cases, their partner is the only person that they feel safe to open up to and be vulnerable with. So having that plan ahead of time and having talked to, hey, you know, buddy, can, you know, can we talk if I need to talk, knowing that there's other partners out there that are going through the same thing, I think that could be so powerful. Like that could be so life affirming and so like change their outlook and how they feel about things to to have that I'm not alone feeling. And you would think that starting this kind of thing in the pre-birth plan would also kind of help them get used to the people they're going to be talking to after, you know, kind of get this group of people like throughout this entire time and not having to start it, you know, right after birth, having to be able to do it before as well would probably be really helpful um, and really effective as well. Yeah, we absolutely agree with that. Um, and that's why we have our like childbirth education classes in the community and we encourage partners to come to those because um, that's the time that you're going to mingle with people that are going to have babies around the same time. So I totally agree with you. Building that community early on um, is so important because by the time we get to the postpartum period, your you know partners also are sleep deprived and exhausted and stressed. And that's a really difficult time to build new connections for a first time. So 100% agree. Setting partners up in advance is, is super important. So do you have any tips or tricks for forming a postpartum plan? Like, is there anything specific you sh we should be thinking about or like making sure to include? I think the biggest thing, if we had to really focus truly on one thing, it would be postpartum nutrition, having a meal train. If you had to pick one and that was the thing you were going to focus on, that's what we would go with. But um, like I said earlier on, we've been using the, um, this guide by Kimberly Johnson that really has every kind of large component that you can think of and all the smaller components as well. So we really recommend that families go and find this guide. You can call us to get it if you want or share it with everybody um, and really sit with a partner and answer all of those questions. And uh, listeners, so you know, we will find that and we will link to that in the show notes so that you can find it a lot easier and get access to that. So on the show notes for this episode, we will we will find it and link to that postpartum plan. I wanted to add to that because a, a really important part is about self-care. And this is later on, you know, we're, what, everything that we've been discussing now is really the first two, three, four weeks. Um making sure that your nutrition nutrition is met and that you're sleeping and all of those things bringing community together. But we really, really 
talk, we um, put a lot of emphasis on moms remembering how important self-care is and being kind to themselves and empathetic to themselves, knowing that they are not going to be able to do everything they did before. Life has changed. Whether you're a mother for the first time or you, you know, this is your second or third baby, it's still a completely different situation. And you're not going to be the same employee, the same mother, the same lover, the same daughter. Like every time we evolve um, as a parent and we become a parent again, um, we change. So we need to give ourselves love and some slack and understand that things are going to have to be different. And one thing that's really beautiful that is brought out in our birth plan is talking about what remembering what brings us joy and happiness. So if you're a woman that loves a massage or you love listening to music, if you enjoy art, if you like exercising, whatever those things are, being together with friends, just holding on to those and implementing them you know, in small ways, because again, your life isn't the same, but doing those things in small ways and, under, and making sure that you talk to your partner about that and he or she understands the importance of those things in your life as well. I hope that makes sense. Um, we don't want to we don't want to lose ourselves and what brings us happiness. And it's such a good example for our family. We're setting for our children and our partners. If we maintain, we keep those things close to us. Um, another thing that I know Morale would love to talk about is the importance of our relationship with our partner and communication during the postpartum time and our intimacy. Yeah, that's a really difficult thing for most people to navigate because like Allison was just saying, nothing is returning to a pre-pregnancy state. That that state is gone forever. So establishing new ways of intimacy with a partner in that vulnerable time is really important and it requires a lot of clear communication. So we have these massive shifts in intimacy as you're taking care of a new Maybe it's not going to be, we're not going to have as much of this, you know, romantic evening leading to this big, intimate, romantic act. Um, intimacy is going to become about a lot of smaller actions, like sitting next to your partner or a touch of an arm or connecting and listening. Those are going to be the intimate moments that are really going to carry a relationship through that postpartum period. Recognizing that and talking about that um, beforehand is so important because if not, we kind of build this thing of like at six weeks, we're going to resume physical intimacy. And if we don't, then we failed in some way. Um, so having the discussion beforehand and kind of being like, oh, well, this is going to be new. We're going to have new modes of intimacy and that's okay and that's great. Um, kind of can relieve a lot of pressure off that relationship. I really love that you guys touch on that and that you talk to your clients about that. Um, that's something that nobody really talked to me about before I had kids is that not only is the intimacy going to change, but um, for the birthing person, your sex drive, your your drive for intimacy and, and those kinds of things can be drastically different than it was pre-pregnancy and, and pre-birth. and my my kids are six and four, and that's something that my partner Jeremy and I are continuing to navigate now is, is I'm going to open up and be kind of 
give you some real talk. Um, it's one of those things that that we're still continuing to kind of struggle with of of what is this new normal, and you know there there's been a there's been talk of like oh well we need to get back to where we were, and coming to the realization and coming to terms of you know that was normal then that's not the normal that just was a normal and there is a new normal now and it's different and it doesn't mean it's bad it's just different so we're having to learn to navigate new ways to be intimate and romantic and and balance our feelings and know that there's nothing inherently bad with it being different now it just is and that it's totally normal I like that you guys also discussed like how like little simple things can, you know, bring the connection like home and really like cause a connection. Like my dad told me when um, after I was born and my I, my mother would have to wake up at night to nurse me, she would be on a rocking chair and he'd be just lying on the ground, just like kind of holding and rubbing her foot. And just something as simple as that, you know, when you're exhausted in the middle of the night, just in the middle of the night, just still having that moment of connection um was a really big deal um he said when i was when i was a baby was still trying to connect with my mother after my birth and try and make sure that she still knew you know how how loved she still was and how it really like helped her also with the postpartum depression that's really beautiful i think that that's something we're gonna maybe incorporate into our spiel of you know because Often our partners are not also feeding our babies and yeah, that's so beautiful. And it's in service of the person feeding the child, which is incredible. Um, it's not an easy thing to do to reestablish those new things. And one thing we love is the, is the check-in. We're all about the check-in natally as well. And then really, especially in the postpartum. So, and this is kind of, it flows in two ways. So checking in with your partner um, a few times a day, which I know we feel like it's overkill, but when you're establishing a whole new life, it is so important to be communicating. Um, and that's how you learn what your kind of new normal is going to be, is checking in with each other and making sure that you both um, feel good about how things are going. And if you're not feeling good, how that can be improved. And literally, sometimes that means setting an alarm on your phone. Because um, we feel like, well, I'm doing so many things. And it's really easy to brush off that. Um, communication and the emotional component in the postpartum period. Um, but that's so vital. And that's why in addition to checking in with partners, we really, really focus on checking in with yourself a few times a day, even day one, day two, where you feel like I can really only do the bare minimum. To check in with yourself and ask, am I well-fed? Am I emotionally supported? Have I had enough rest? And, you know, a lot of times the answer to at least one of those is going to be no, not at this given moment, and that's okay. But being aware of like, I was depleted on this front today, and I checked in with myself several times, and I was still depleted on it at the end of the day. Tomorrow, I'm going to ask for help to make sure I'm not depleted on that front. And that's so important. It sets you up to be able to ask for help. That's really important to make our peace with knowing that in the postpartum period, we're going to need help. We're going to need it. And just getting ourselves to an emotional place where we can ask for it. It's, it's life-changing for a lot of people because we're, you know, we're kind of, everyone is raised to feel like 
I'm an independent person and I can do this for the postpartum period, you start to wear your heart on the outside of your body and you need a bunch of people to help you protect it. I really like that, that check-in idea. Like you said, our culture, our society, we value independence so much that so many of us are not taught how to ask for help. And it's very difficult for us to ask for help. And so that that emotional check-in becomes so important to ourselves because we can't ask for help if we don't know what we need help with. So we can be feeling overwhelmed and, and you know, on the verge of that emotional breakdown or, or not really sure. But if we don't do, you know, that emotional check-in, we go, oh, I'm thirsty. I haven't had enough water today. You know, and then it's easier to be like, you know, hey, babe, can you can you know, can you pour me a big glass of water and you check in with yourself and maybe you can get what you need or, you know, maybe you're sleep deprived or you haven't had a chance to shower and you just feel gross. And once you once you can identify what the need is, then you can take steps to meet that need. So I think that's such a great idea to to not only just be checking in with your partner, but also checking in with yourself. Um, so one of the things I know you guys really have talked a lot about, you know, finding your community and finding people, you know, checking in with people and finding who you can reach out to for certain things. So do you have any specific tips for um, those of us who might not have friends who already have kids. I know that's something I really struggled with when I had uh, Charlotte, my first kid. None of my friends had kids yet, and they had no idea what I was going through. And so reaching out to them in a lot of ways wasn't a great option. But I also hear stories of people like, oh, I just moved here. None of my family lives close. I haven't really made friends yet. So do you have any other ways that we can help build community or find and connect with other people who are going through this journey, who we might be able to rely on, but also be able to offer help to as well? So as midwives, that's something as we've spoke about that we really try to help you navigate through and help help you build that support system. And we're also very willing to reach out to people that you know because sometimes pride might get in the way and it might be a little bit hard to ask so we're here to help with that not everyone has that type of care so what you would want to do if you don't have people around you is look for support groups look you know finding ways whether it's online looking for people you can connect with in different interests but most mostly just looking for postpartum support groups um, do you have it in your budget? Hiring a postpartum doula is amazing if you can find one. You know, they all have different skills. They all practice a little bit differently, but bringing in a postpartum doula can help with nutrition, can help with baby. That's an awesome way to get the support you need. Yeah, and, in, and in addition to that, everyone has something that they bring to the table. So if you have friends that don't have kids yet, Everyone knows how to do laundry. Everyone knows how to do dishes. So relying on those people for that type of support. And then if you're still feeling like I need emotional support beyond maybe what I can get from these new connections I'm trying to build in a support group, we really encourage people to seek out a therapist, especially in the prenatal period. You know who your support people are by that 
point. And if you feel like, I don't have anybody that I can really talk to, the prenatal time is such a good time to build a new connection with a new therapist, counselor. And that doesn't mean you have to start seeing them and paying for sessions, because I know that's a big concern for people. But you can call, you can have your consult, you can see if they're a good match, and then you have someone to call if you're needing that additional layer of support in the postpartum period. And you're not, you know, reinventing the wheel while you're tire, tired and breastfeeding. You already have that person, you know exactly who you're going to call. That's awesome. And on on the note about therapists and things like that, um, Listeners, if you are struggling with postpartum depression, there are um, some crisis lines that you can call that I will see if I can find the links to and link to in the show notes. There is, I believe it's like the warm crisis line or something like that. I can't remember the exact name of it, but I will link to it. And they have people available 24-7 to talk to you at no charge. It's it's not, they don't offer regular support, but it's something that if in a moment you need someone to talk to, you can do that. Um, Orange County has the LB, LGBTQ center that has therapists that work on a sliding scale. Um, it can be as little as like $10 per session. Um, it's based on your income. So if you're struggling to find somebody through your insurance or something like that, that might be a good resource to reach out to and, and see if they can connect you with a, a therapist to see regularly. Um, And if you need more support, reach out to your OB, reach out to your midwife, reach out to your primary care doctor, whoever it is that you feel most comfortable with or you feel most connected to, reach out to them. They have resources as well that that they can give you and help you get the care or support that you need. We also have a recommendation if there's any time you feel... Literally, you need emotional support. You're looking for someone like a therapist. It can be anything. It can be, I need diapers. I need formula. I need support in any way. Pay my electric bill. You can call 211. They really have a lot, have a huge variety of services that they can refer you to. They are not going to be the one to talk. You know, they're not therapists. They just have an abundance of knowledge and numbers and resources so if it's an emergency and you need support, 211 is also a good resource that we've seen several moms in the community use, and they've been very helpful. Yes. So one thing that's really important to us at Tourmaline um, is balancing our emotional well-being and our physical well-being, because they are extremely intertwined. Um, and so, you know, allowing yourself and see someone for physical discomfort and physical pain and knowing that that will also guide you through emotional recovery is really vital. And oftentimes in that period, we feel like I can only take care of my baby right now and I am not a priority. And we don't realize that that's the same thing. Mom, father, baby, any parent and their child, um, it's one unit. And so you really have to take care of physical component in order to allow your child to thrive as well. Um, And one thing that we have really seen kind of fall off the deep end in the U.S. is pelvic floor therapy. Um, We think it's normal to sneeze and pee. Anytime after you have a child, we think that you can't jump on a trampoline anymore. You can't use a pogo stick. Um, And that's that's actually abnormal. Um, And knowing that getting help 
through postpartum um, pelvic therapy is also going to help your connection with your partner because you're going to feel physically well enough to maybe resume certain acts of intimacy. It's just a global picture of misalignment, right? And getting these physical services is super vital to our emotional well-being as well. It's one big unit. I love that you guys are so big on everything being intertwined. I, I feel like, you know, there's so many providers who they just focus on one or the other or they have their their kind of niche that they really work in. But seeing that we as humans, the big picture, it's all important. It's all intertwined. It's all connected is is so important. It's so important. We have many of our clients that will give birth and within weeks are back in the center, seeing the chiropractor, seeing the acupuncturist, seeing the breastfeeding consultant. Um, we all work, or the naturopathic doctor that works here. We have such an amazing team. And I'm telling you, as midwives, the reason that we started this model of care is because we can't fill all of those needs. There's so many needs and so many things going on in the postpartum period we felt helpless because we are there. Like we try to help as much as we can and offer our knowledge and advice and support, but there is so much more that's needed. So being open-minded and educating and asking, you know, what do you suggest to your OB or your midwife? What might help with what's going on to get help get you back on back feeling physically more like yourself because that's what's going to help you be more stable mentally and emotionally feel strong is being okay and we know that that can be expensive because insurance doesn't cover that holistic care a lot of the times it's hard to get that covered so that was one reason that we um, started a nonprofit, and it's called thrive wellness collective is we have people come in and we're like we really think you should see the pelvic floor therapist or you need chiropractic work it is a struggle for them, it's something they can't attain, then we want to make sure that they're able to see them no matter what. That's one of the main reasons, mom, I need to buy something for the kids or the baby. Like we're always going to put ourselves last. Yeah. So we're really trying to make this normal and, and a priority. This kind of care is the care that everyone should be getting. It should not be luxury. It should be a priority. I love that. So before you go, we have a couple questions that we like to ask all of our guests on the show. So the first is, what is your dream for the birth community? Um, I think our dream for the birth community is um, kind of looping back around to what we talked about at the beginning is having options and having choices that are going to get you feeling good. We want everyone to feel well. Um, and having options is really difficult right now with um, insurance and the difficulty with and reimbursement for so many birth options other than the hospital. Um, and I think our, our dream is for everyone to be able to access the type of birth and postpartum support that they need, um, regardless of their income, regardless of their insurance. Um, and I, I, weirdly enough, I think COVID has kind of gotten us closer to that point um, because suddenly people are realizing that you know, the hospital might just be for sick people, and um, not always. Some people feel more comfortable in the hospital, and of course, that's one of the choices we support. Um, so, I, the dream is for everyone to be able to birth wherever they want to birth. Yes, individualized care. 
and for birth to be viewed as normal and healthy and not a scary thing. Like communication is huge. Collaboration in the community is huge. We want people to realize they have power to have the birth that they desire. And it's only through education. And we really want to collaborate with people in the obstetrical world and the medical world because we want, you know, we, we support and respect them and we utilize them all the time. We just want the same thing. You know, we want it to be reciprocal. We want people realize that either way, whatever you're choosing is a safe and educated decision. You are preaching to the choir. That is what we want as well. <laughs> so second question is, what is one thing you ladies will do for yourselves this coming week? Um, I have already done my task for this week, even though it's Sunday. I had a lovely massage. <laughs> um, we're in the middle of moving, and I yeah, I was like, hey, my body's going to fall apart if I don't do this. So um, my partner went about unpacking, and I got my 90-minute massage, and it was amazing. And I was way more productive the next day, so it was awesome. That's awesome. I have to say, we have been pushing each other um, in a good way. All of us, we started this business because we wanted to start a um, sustainable model of business. And I mean sustainable for the humans that are running it. Because this is a really hard line of work that we're in here. And we give a lot and we're on call a lot. And we know how much it takes even just to be a parent. So we make sure that we push each other. And I've never been more in tune and on point seeing every practitioner here trying to make sure I'm what I'm the old one here. So I'm 46 and I have four kids and I'm having to really take it serious self-care and practice what I preach. So I also got a massage. We all did on Friday, actually. Nice. So we brought in a really dear, yeah, we brought in a dear friend that is an amazing uh, massage therapist, among other things, craniosacral. And we all got massages that day. And I've been seeing the chiropractor and the naturopath. We've all been utilizing these things so that we feel good and that we are healthy so that we can offer better care to our clients. I love that. That's awesome. Well, Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast and talking with us today. We're so glad that you guys came on and talked about this. I love the idea of the postpartum plan and the the community, like the sense of community that you're trying to build for yourself that'll carry on, you know, from from the immediate postpartum period. But even as your kids get older, those are the same people that you're going to be relying on once they're older, too. I gosh, I love all of this. Um, before we go, where can our listeners find you, your Instagram, your website, stuff like that? How can we get in touch with you? Yeah, our website is tourmalinecollective.com. Um, we have an Instagram account as well. Um, it's tourmaline underscore collective. And we do a lot actually on our Instagram. You can book appointments with our providers on there. We have a link tree. Um, we post all of our upcoming events on there. So, um, and you can always call us as well. I know it's a little old school, but because we really value kind of being a hub to direct people to where to go, um, if you're unsure about what type of service you need, don't hesitate to call us. Um, we're, we're available to, you know, figure out who's going to be able to serve you best. Awesome. Thank you guys again for coming on and talking with us. 
And for our listeners, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here on Birth Reimagined. If you'd like to join our Facebook community, you can find us there at Birth Reimagined Family. And if you'd like to join our email list, you can get the link to that on the show notes for this episode. Being a member of our email list gets you access to all our freebies and makes sure you're kept in the loop whenever a new episode drops or we have anything exciting to share. Thanks again and see you next time.